uh, hardworking, exhilarating, optimistic, grumpy, self-reliant, shy, quiet, loud, smart, not so smart. If I were to ask someone else to describe you in just a few words, what words might they What words come to mind? Would you use the word holy? Holy. I am holy. When you think of the word holy, maybe you think of uh, something that looks a little bit uh, like this. Is this what you think of when you think of holy? Maybe Mother Teresa was holy or a monk that sort of isolates themselves. Is uh, They're holy or maybe only Jesus was holy. What words would you use to describe yourself? Would you use the word holy? You know, of course, that uh, you are commanded to be holy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all of you do, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. What does it mean to be holy? What does it mean to be holy? If I'm supposed to be holy, what does that mean? You've heard me describe it this way before. If I had a bucket of marbles right here, and I had an empty bucket uh, right over here, and I were to take one of these marbles out of this bucket and put it into this bucket, I would make that marble holy. Greek word, hagias. It simply means to be set apart. To be set apart. That's what it is to be holy. Would you define yourself as holy? This morning I want to talk to you about three realms of holiness. Aren't you excited? Three realms of holiness. When you woke up this morning, weren't you just thinking, I can't wait to hear one of the realms of holiness, but Steve's going to be talking about three realms of holiness. You got to be just giddy where you are. You know what? Let's pray. And then we're going to start to talk about three realms of holiness. Father God, I ask that you would help us to forget everything, everything except what you want to put in our heart. Father, I ask that you would put it in our heart in such a way that we would act on it and that we would be the people you call us to be. Father, I ask that you would help us to be holy. We ask in Jesus' name and amen. Three realms of holiness. Write that down in your bulletin. Realm number one is this. Realm number one is this. In God's mind. In God's mind. What is holiness in God's mind? What is that? Well, you remember, you can go on the journey with me. Some of you know the journey better than I do. Uh, God goes to Abraham, says, I want uh, you and your descendants to be my people. Uh, God's people end up growing in number, and then they end up uh, becoming slaves in Egypt. You remember that. They become slaves in Egypt. And then God prepares and works in the life of Moses, right? And eventually says to Moses, uh, you're going to be the guy that's going to take my people out of there. And specifically, what I want to 
to just kind of look at just for a moment here is uh, when God goes to Moses and communicates to him that you're going to be the guy that is going to lead my people out. And we find that in the book of Exodus chapter 3 verse 5, right? And, uh, and so Moses is making his way towards the burning bush. You remember the fact that God communicates to Moses in the form of a burning bush in uh, Exodus chapter 3 verse 5. Uh, as Moses is waking, making his way uh, towards that burning bush, uh, God says to him, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Well, wait a minute here. Uh, so Moses is, you know, he grew up in Egypt and uh, then he, uh, he committed murder. And so, he, you know, he kind of runs and he hides and he's uh, running around outside of Egypt. And, and uh, all of a sudden he's walking around just fine over there, tending to those flocks and tending to those herds and, and nothing's holy over there. Nothing's holy over there. And all of a sudden God says, come over here. And then he says, stop. Now the dirt, that, that dirt over there, that dirt's not holy. That dirt over there, that's not holy dirt. But all of a sudden, he takes those steps. He says, stop, take off your the sandals because now you're about to step on holy ground. Well, what is it that made that dirt holy? How come that dirt was holy? Uh, archaeologists have went and they have tried to find that place. They never find it. They have no idea why that ground was holy. Here's why that ground was holy. God declared that ground is holy. It was holy in no other way, in no other shape or form, except for the fact that God said, that's holy, that makes it holy. It was only in and started through God's mind that that soil became holy. And so that's what we learn is going on then in the book of Leviticus chapter 11 verse 45 because uh, we see that eventually Moses does led by God he he takes the people out of Egypt and they make their way through the Red Sea and they uh, make their way out into the wilderness and while they're out into the wilderness there that's when God shows up and uh, delivers the 10 commandments the 613 laws of the Levitical law in the Old Testament and gives all of that uh, to them and then while that is all taking place we see that um, in Leviticus chapter 45 verse 11 God communicates then to the nation of Israel. And he says this, I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. That's what God said. And so God wasn't communicating that to the Egyptians. They just got out of Egypt. He wasn't uh, communicating that to all of the people that were going, the Philistines are going to be up against them, the Babylonians are going to be against them, the Assyrians are going to be against them, all these people are going to come against them, and he is not communicating, God is not communicating that uh, to them, he's only communicating it to the people of the nation of Israel, and he says to them, you be holy. Nobody else has to worry about being holy, just you be holy. God is the one that makes the distinction between that dirt is holy and that dirt is not holy and those people are not holy and you are to be holy. God does that. He communicates uh, that to them. Well, uh, we know that Eventually, the nation of Israel is divided in half. There's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and, and they're wiped out by the, uh, the, the armies that come in. And eventually, uh, there's a time they call between the testaments, and eventually Jesus shows up, and uh, Jesus has his ministry, and uh, they killed Jesus, and they put him on a cross, and they put him in a grave. Three days later, he comes out of the grave, and he declares that I am risen. I'm going into my father's house. I'm preparing a place for you. And he kind of takes a reach in his pocket, and he takes the keys of the kingdom, and he 
kind of hands them over to Peter and he says, now you guys, to the apostles, you guys are going to run with my church. And the holy church of Jesus Christ begins to start and begins to spread. And then the apostle Paul writes a letter to the church at Corinth. It says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. To the church of God. These are God's people in Corinth. So he's writing to a group of Christians in Corinth, and he says, To those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God said to another group, It's not just that dirt or that dirt. It's not just those people. Now it is all people, all people everywhere. You can be holy. All people everywhere, you can be holy. And what's the best part about this is he's telling that to the Corinthians. Do you you know who the Corinthians are? Have you ever ever just kind of read through the pages or scrolled through the pages of the book of Corinthians and learned who those people are? I mean, he's saying to the Corinthians, they can be holy. And all people can be uh, holy unto God. And the Corinthians, who were they? They were the adulterers. They were the homosexuals. they They were the cheaters. They were the liars. They were the thieves. They were the pimps. They were the prostitutes. And as you kind of read through the book of Corinthians, all of a sudden you kind of go, wow. They, they can be holy. They can be holy. That's good news for us. <laughs> because that means we can be holy. And so where's that first group? What's that first realm? It's simply God says that dirt, if I declare that dirt holy, then it's holy. If that dirt is not holy, it's because I have declared it, it won't be holy. Those people, that small group, the Israel, the nation of Israel, they were holy. No one else is holy. And then New Testament says everyone has the opportunity in God's mind. He determines who can and who can't be. He determines what is and what is not. In God's mind, holiness is declared. And so, how do we become holy? Do you want to be holy? Well, how does that happen? Well, write this one down in your bulletin. The first realm is this, in God's mind. Realm number two is in my mind. In my mind. What is it to be holy in my mind? Book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers... In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Say patterns of this world. Patterns of this world. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, everybody tap, your mind. Your mind. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be holy by the renewing. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is what uh, Peter was talking about. 
Uh, after Peter uh, preached in Acts chapter 2, that first sermon, uh, Jesus ascends up into heaven, and right before he goes, and he says, Peter, upon this rock, right? This is the rock I'm going to build my church. Peter preaches the very first Holy Spirit-inspired gospel message, and there were thousands of people that heard it, and they came forward, and they said to Peter, what must we do to be saved? How do I become holy? I want to be in the group that knows God and identifies with God. I want to be in that group of people that God says is holy and not in the group that God says is not grow holy. How do I get into that group? They asked Peter that question. He told him, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, repent. Say the word repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Make up your mind to follow Jesus. That's what he told him. Make up your mind to follow Jesus. Be baptized. At baptism, you decided, I want to die to myself, and now I want to live for Jesus. And he told them, he said, repent, repent, repent. I'm going to illustrate to you repentance. Watch this. I'm repenting. You got that? You think you can understand that? Do a U-turn. That's repentance. Do a U-turn. You were moving away from what God declared holy. Stop. Repent. Turn around. Move back towards what God declares is holy. And he says uh, here in uh, Romans, we just read it. Therefore, I urge you, uh, brothers, he says, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Repent and turn to God. That's what Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 means when it says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. There is a distinction between heavenly things and earthly things. And guess what? There is a devil. And the devil is real. It's true that there is a devil. In fact, we are to resist the devil. John chapter 8, verse 44 tells us that the devil is a liar and that he is the father of lies. So there is a distinction between that which God says is holy and that's what, uh, and, and, and that which the devil wants us to believe. That is the battle. The U-turn takes place in your mind. I'm moving away from God. I'm moving away from God. And the things that he says is holy, I am going to turn around and I'm going to move my mind back towards what God declares is holy. And the battle is in our mind. And we have a deceiver. He is an enemy. And he is the author and the father of lies. And he tries to confuse our minds. And he's good at it. I'll give you just kind of an example maybe that we need to be ready to give an answer to. Um, anorexia. Anorexia. Anorexia is when a person determines that uh, uh, they're literally they're going to starve themselves in order to achieve a certain appearance. Okay? Uh, it is an illness. It's horrible. It's when somebody can be gaunt in the face, when literally uh, their skin can be so tight that you can see their entire skeletal system within them. 
And uh, they've starved themselves and they starve themselves and they starve themselves and they begin uh, to lose their hair and they look into a mirror. They look into a mirror and when we look at them, we go, oh my goodness, that person, that person, there's something uh, desperately wrong. There's, uh, that's not right. They, they don't see themselves accurately. But when that person that is in that condition, they see themselves in the mirror and they look into the mirror and they see someone that is overweight, somebody that is obese. Somebody that needs to lose more weight. And we, thinking rightly and lovingly, would go to them and we would put our arm around them and say, you are not seeing correctly. We need to get you some help. We need to take you to a doctor where you can kind of uh, be uh, nourished and get some right nutrition in you. We need to uh, help you. Do we need, we need, you need to seek a psyche, psychological, psychiatric help so that you can get your mind, your mind shifted so that you can see clearly. Isn't that what we would do? As Christians, we would say, your, your mind is deceiving you. Most people in our culture would say that would be the right thing to do. However, we have an enemy that likes to play with minds. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And uh, in the beginning, God created male and female, and he calls them very good. And uh, we are complicated. Our bodies are incredible. A few, few weeks back, I kind of had a, a list of all these different systems that are within our, our body. There's a nervous system and a circulatory system and a respiratory system, and there's a, a skeletal uh, system. There's also a, a reproductive system uh, within all of us. God says that's very good. And there is a difference. There's a difference between the reproductive system in the man and, and in the woman. And those aren't the only differences. And God uh, put those two uh, together uh, that they would complement one another. That they would complement one another. And there are strengths, there are strengths, there are biblical strengths in maleness. And there are biblical roles in maleness that are, that are strong. And there are biblical strengths in, in, in being a female. And, and there are roles that, uh, that, that, that complement one another. And that men and women are, are different. And God made it that way. And, and what he's done is made a beautiful thing. That there would be holy matrimony. And that would come together and they would spur one another on and it's to be beautiful and it's to be right and it's to be good. Therefore, if a male were to ever look into a mirror and say to himself, I see a female. I believe I should change my mind and then my body to become female, shouldn't we go to them and put our arm around them and say, my friend, I'm not sure you are seeing clearly. I think maybe we should have some conversations about who you 
truly are. But in our culture, if a female were to look into a mirror and say, I'm changing my mind. I desire to be a male. The right thing to do in our culture today You are so brave. How proud I am of you and your decision to transition who you are. There is holiness, and it comes from God. God says, this is holy, and this is unholy. You are holy and can be unholy. And God is the one that sets up what is and what is not holy. And God is the one that sets up what is and is not right and what is right and what is wrong. And God does that. God communicates that to us. And we do not have the right or the authority to change that. Our role is to say, I am moving away from God. I need to repent and I need to move back toward God and not applaud the devil when he is actively changing the people's minds in many, 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 many. We could stand up here all day and give thousands of examples as how the devil lies to us. Be holy in your mind. Be loving always. Not making fun of people. We don't laugh at people, make fun at them. If they're outside of the will of God, we pray for those people. Finally, third realm of holiness is in my behavior. All right. First question today was, how would you describe yourself in just a few words? Much tougher question. Have any of you ever, by show of hands, and you're willing to admit it, have any of you ever ridden a bicycle? Okay. Good. All right. Um, a little trickier one. Anybody out there uh, play an instrument? Do you play anybody out there play an instrument? You play an instrument? Yeah, some of this stuff, you know, I don't know, one of these things. Uh, uh, you play an instrument? Uh, yeah, and I see Don back there. He's kind of sheepishly raising his... Yeah, I know that Don Vickery plays a guitar. And uh, I, I think that we should just kind of all put a lot of pressure on Don that he should be playing in the band. But um, anyway, so anyway, no, that's a totally an aside. We can edit that out of the sermon here when we show the video later. Um, no pressure, Don. Um, but uh, you ever learn how you, an instrument? Anybody ever drive a nail? You know, you kind of, you know, uh, you drive a nail. You ever cut a board? You ever do any of those things? Uh, guess what? All of those things, whether it's riding a bike uh, or playing an instrument or driving a nail or cutting a board, do you realize you did all of those things in your mind before you ever did it uh, with your actions? You did it in your mind before you ever did it in your actions. Isn't that real? Isn't that true? Um, before you ever did it, here's what I know. You didn't ride the bike and then think about it. 
It was always taking place in your mind before it took place. And so in your actions, in your actions, all of your actions stem from your mind. Second Timothy chapter 2. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, and he's talking about the sins, he says he will be an instrument of noble purpose, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue Righteousness, just like riding a bike. Pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Maybe you remember last week I had this in there in the sermon. I said, never miss a chance to turn positive thoughts into positive words. This week I would challenge you, uh, this week, uh, never miss the opportunity, never miss a chance to turn positive thoughts into positive deeds. So in conclusion, 15 ways to be holy. 15 ways to have actions of holiness that show that in your mind you have turned around and you desire to live for God because you know that God is the one, he is the author that says there is a right way and a wrong way. And it doesn't come from you and I in our opinion, but it comes from God. 15 ways. Number one, uh, you can kind of follow along on the screen. It says there in your bulletin, it says pick three of the 15. This is what we're talking about there. Maybe there's a couple of these things. You'll see one of these and say, hmm. I can try that this week. Maybe this is one of them that you can do. All right, here we go. Smile and be friendly. For some of you, that's a challenge. Right? Now, for others of you, that's the way you wake up every day. Right? You know who you are. Right? There's a reality. Smile and be friendly. Smile and be friendly. That's, oh, be joyful always. Right? Be smile, or smile and be friendly. There you go. Number one. Number two. Volunteer at a charity, at a school, at the church, volunteer, really appreciate uh, the kids club volunteers that have been around here and uh, making that happen on Wednesdays. We really appreciate you guys doing that. Maybe there's another place. Maybe you need to go give blood or plasma or something like that. A volunteer at a charity, school, right? Uh, donate things that you no longer need. How many of you guys have taken the opportunity uh, here in the COVID deal to clean out the attic, clean out the garage, clean out the basement? Uh, you've come across some stuff. Just give it away. Just give it to somebody, right? You can do that. You ever give anything away and you just kind of feel like, wow, not only do I not have that anymore, but they're gonna, they're glad to have it. You ever do that? That's a good thing. That's being holy. That's saying my actions are giving them over to the Lord. Number four, uh, make a financial donation. Some of you guys have uh, more resource than others and you're able to uh, give generously and help somebody out. You can do that. Number five, give a baked good. Uh, maybe you know somebody that's going through something tough. You can make something nice. You can deliver it. You don't want me to do that for you. I can't bake. But maybe I'll buy some cookies or something like that and deliver those. But people enjoy baked goods. They do. Everybody does. I don't know anybody that doesn't enjoy good baked good. Number six, help with or do something or do someone's yard work. Help with or do someone's yard work. And uh, that's something you can do in COVID. You know, you can stand out in the middle of their yard and rake for them or cut wood or something like that. Um, a Gabe, poor Gabe down here, he's got his hand in a cast and 
Um, that means Teresa's got to get out there and mow, right? Is that what that means? So, um, but uh, uh, there's things around here. Uh, you talk to Roger and Connie. They're around here trimming and snipping and those kinds of things. You can ask them. Maybe there's things that can be done around here even that uh, maybe you can go to somebody's house and do something like that for them. And maybe some of you guys can make that generous donation to somebody else and have them come and do your yard work and that kind of work together in those things, right? What number are we on? Seven. What's it say? Help someone who's grieving. There's been people within our church the last few weeks that are grieving, and maybe you can send them a card. We'll get to, I think we're going to send the cards later. Help someone that's grieving. Number nine, invite someone to get active with you. You know, um, how many of you guys uh, uh, have a get active uh, graph that looks like this? Right? I'm going to do it. All right? Graph. You're going to, you know, you're going to get on the treadmill. You're going to start working out. You're going to the gym or whatever it's going to be, right? It looks like it. And here's what people need. People need somebody to come alongside them and say, you know what? I need to be walking around the block every once in a while. Would you do that with me? And uh, you can be the one to champion that and go to them and say, you know what? We need to be healthy. We need to be healthy because COVID, it's coming. You know what I mean? It's going, it's everywhere. Eventually it's going, you know what I mean? And so why not head into COVID being healthy instead of unhealthy? And so ask somebody, hey, will you be active with me? Right? That's a good idea, isn't it? Apparently not. All right, here we go. <laughs> 10, number 10. Nobody, nobody, we're going to start an exercise program here. You're all going to have to come. So, number 10. Uh, mail and encouraging card. Ah, there's one I can do. I can sit in my home and drink coffee and do that one. <laughs> so no exercise for me. Here we go. Uh, mail and encouraging note to someone. We've been having fun with the Kids Club kids. They've been writing notes, and uh, Lori's got a little bit of feedback that some of those cards have come back, and that's just a nice thing to do. Number 11, watch kids um, once a month for someone that could use a date night, Right? And uh, you remember what that was like back in the day when your kids were all running around and uh, you were so looking forward to that opportunity that, uh, you know what, uh, my spouse and I need to go out and uh, we can watch somebody's kids and do that for them. What about this one? Number 12, uh, teach a skill that you have. Some of you can cook, some of you know music, some of you know car repair, some of you know um, photography, or maybe it's uh, hair and makeup and styling and that kind of stuff, or organizational skills, or uh, maybe you're good at some sort of business trade or something like that, or computers or social media skills. Um, have, maybe you have some kind of a skill that you can transfer or relay to somebody else and do those things, and you can do those things. Number 13, uh, pick up the phone and call someone, not text them. Not email them, but actually pick up the phone and call them. Odds are um, they're not answering the phone anyway, so you're probably safe. But the reality is is that, uh, isn't that true? How many of you answer your phone anymore? Right? Nobody does. Uh, now, here's, the, here's where it's going to hurt is when they see your name and they don't answer it. That's when it's going to hurt, right? And so, but call them. Call them and say, hey, just say, how are you? What's going on in your life? You know, tell me about the first car that you ever owned in your life. And people, you know what, they love to tell you that story. Tell me one favorite thing that you remember about, uh, you know, your elementary school or some kid at elementary school. People like to kind of dig around there and brain and tell a story like that and, and do something like that. Make a gift basket. Katie Jo was telling me at uh, Bible study on Wednesday night that she made a bunch of gift baskets and just kind of went around and delivered them. I thought that's a great idea. It's a great idea. Number 15, in conclusion, as we get ready to go off to lunch, treat someone to lunch or dinner. You can do that. Here's the thing. 
Would anyone describe you as holy? What does it mean to be holy? It means that we recognize that there is a God and He is in heaven and He is the author and He is the perfecter and He is the declarer of what is right and what is wrong and we make up in our mind that we are going to turn away from a life of sin. We're going to be baptized into Christ. We're going to make a U-turn. We're going to live and follow Jesus Christ and with our actions, people are going to be able to see I am holy because God has made me holy. One more thing. You can't be holy without Jesus. You can't be holy without Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, if you've never turned your life over to him, God says you're on the other side. But he has sent his one and only son to the cross to show you how much he cares for you. And he invites you to come and to be holy. Let's pray. Father, as we leave here today, Help us to be holy. We ask it in Jesus' name and amen.